0: So I want to just, uh, you know, this whole thing about the move of God being now, and I've just been even thinking myself, is it possible to live in the midst of a great move of God and totally miss it? And absolutely it is. And I was thinking about everything that we've seen God do, and God has really had me focusing every day on what he did that day. Like I went home the other day and I'd been I'd been doing some teaching and I'd prayed for someone and demons had literally come out of a person, another person had received a life-changing prophetic word. And I went home and I was like, wow, like I prayed for someone and and literally the power of the devil was broken off of their life. Like just celebrating what is happening in the now. And and this is something that Marcy and I are trying to do every day. Ending our day is really focusing on thanking the Lord, whether it, Seemed big or small, thanking the Lord for what he did. If it was that we had some time together as a family today, wow, thank you. If it was, it was for us a couple days this week that we made it through some sickness. Wow, we made it through some sickness and we're getting better. And so, we're not going to miss what God is doing. And I feel like there's an invitation for us to see that there's so much more that is going on. And Jesus, when he spoke to the woman at the well... The woman from Samaria there, that for Jesus even to go talk to her, like his disciples were like, what in the world is Jesus doing? You're not supposed to talk to a Samaritan. You're not supposed to talk to a Samaritan woman. And you're especially not supposed to talk to a Samaritan woman like this. And yet Jesus is there. And he's walking through all of those barriers and speaking to this woman. And I'm so thankful today that Jesus empowers us to walk right through barriers, right through things where religious people say you can't do that. Jesus does it. And we get to follow Jesus and not the rules of religion. And we get to go where he says that we can go. And I'm looking at people all over this room that you've been places that people said you couldn't go and Jesus took you there. And I've been all over the world where people said you can't go there and I've been there. It can't happen, and and it's happened, and we've seen him work miracles time and time and time again. And so Jesus is talking to this woman, and he says this. He says, an hour is coming, and now is, when true worship worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. So there's there's this tension of, He says, the day's coming, but it's also now. (laughs) And as the prophetic word came and what Nikki shared in staff meeting that day, it just rocked us in that room because we realize that so often we are. We're like, we're we're thankful for what happened in the past, and we've got to honor and build off that, yes. But we're looking for what's in the future. But are we living in the now of what God's doing? Like what he's doing right now. And this woman was there, and Jesus was speaking to her, and he's like, oh, it's coming, but it's now. It's now. And so, I want to say this morning, it's coming, but it's now. And, and there is more now than you've stepped into. <laughs> and so, he said, an hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So now is about deeper places of worship. Every moment that you breathe, that your heart beats, is about worship and deeper intimacy and fellowship with the living God from now and for all eternity. And so this very second right now is about worshiping God And offering our lives to Him. And going to places of intimacy with Him deeper than we've ever gone before. And this woman was focused on, she was like, well, we worship in this mountain and in this mountain. And and that's what religion does. It focuses on like you've got to be in a certain locale to worship God. You've got to have this together to worship God. And God is like, no, no. Now is the moment to worship, and here is the place to worship. Wherever you are now in the new covenant is the place of worship. And so he said, An hour is coming, and now is when we will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Say in spirit and in truth. Worship is about a realm, it's about entering into a realm of spirit and in truth. Again, the woman was thinking, well, you have to be here. You have to have this certain thing. And Jesus says, no, it's about, it's about a realm that you can enter into and you can enter into it right now. And I feel like many times in the church, we've had these, these structures. Like this woman was thinking about the mountain. Well, this is the place, this is the structure. And Jesus is standing in front of her and He's the structure. <laughs> and anyway, he's saying, hey, it's about a whole different realm. You're, you're thinking about having to be over here and be on this certain place. But actually, worship is all about a relationship with God. It's a realm of intimacy that you enter into. And we're invited to enter into that realm right now. And many times, even one of the structures... And this is one that I grew up with, and I'm not saying that, like, there were a lot of good things that have come out of it, but it was always, we need revival. And so we were always praying for revival. And when revival came, we were going to reach the world. But right now, we were praying for revival and kind of doing the best we could until revival comes. I don't think God wants us locked in that structure. Jesus is saying, look, you can be revival right now. Like, we live in the new covenant. And I don't see the church of the book of Acts having to have like a revival. Like, they were living revival. They were living in the now of God. Jesus has done his work on the cross. He did it perfectly And the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh. We can live in the now of God. We can live in the revival of God now. And I just wonder what would happen in the church if every single believer began to say, I'm going to live revival today. I am a revival today. I am the light of the world right now. Not sometime in the future. I am a move of God. Not I'm waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. And wherever I go, the living God is moving. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of me. And so I'm not going to have to wait for some revival someday. Whatever God wants to do and whatever's going to sweep the earth, I believe he'll do it and I'm going to keep praying for it. But in the meantime, I am going to live as a move of God. So the woman said to him, I know that Messiah, and here we have this phrase again, is coming. (laughs) He who is called Christ, and when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. The Messiah is coming. And so this woman is still living. Jesus himself is standing in front of her. And, and you know we could sit here we could we could say well man this woman was way off if Jesus stood in front of me like I, I wouldn't i wouldn't live in is coming but i want to tell you something jesus is not only in front of you he's in you and many of us even with jesus in us we're still living in is coming and not in the now and there's no greater now than christ in you the hope of glory and it has happened and it is now So Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. (laughs) Now, every time I read this, I'm amazed that it doesn't say that she didn't fall over. (laughs) Because Jesus himself standing in front of you says, I am he. Wow. But even just as Regina told us the story of Gideon. You know, there there was Gideon and and the angel of the Lord himself was standing in front of Gideon, and Gideon here's what Gideon said. Where are all the Lord's miracles? Question <laughs> mark. And here, what about us though? Like, where is the move of God? And we're living in a move of God. You know, I think about things that we've seen in our lifetime. That history is going to record the things that happen. And there's pictures of history, even for our city in this season, that you're in that picture in the move of God. And I've, I've come back to this many times, and we're going to come back to it other times. But I even just think of us, 7,000 of us gathering in Trinity Park last year and baptizing 60 people. That's amazing. Like we're living in a move of God right now. And so now is about a greater revelation and encounter with Jesus. And there is always more to know of him. And all of history, all of destiny, is about knowing him more. So Jesus wants to be more now to you. I who speak to you am he. And that I am he is within you right now. So living in that place of the awe and the wonder. Even what we experienced in this room just a few moments ago as we worshipped together in the presence of God. How many people, even on the face of the earth, have ever experienced God like that? And we regularly experience God like that. And we rested in His presence, we were drawn into His love, the whole flow of things that happened today. So, verse 35 do not say, There are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. But behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white for harvest. Jesus is saying, you keep saying the harvest is out in the future. But I'm telling you, the harvest is right in front of you. And it's ready. Your natural senses and all your training tells you to wait. If, if you look at what the world is saying, if you look at the things of the flesh, if you look in the media, whatever, you can think, well, wow, things are just going down. I want to tell you something. God says harvest. Yeah. And this is what harvest looks like. It looks like a world that really needs God. It looks like a world that's lost and doesn't know where it's going. This is what harvest looks like. This is what, as I talk to people who were who were living at the time as the Jesus movement began to come forth, they say, you know, this feels very similar to what it felt like right before the Jesus movement. And so Jesus is saying to them, the harvest is now, there's inheritance that God has for you. And he's calling us out of those mindsets of Well, I'm just not ready for that right now. I'm just not in that season right now. I'm going through a hard time right now. And I think sometimes we have this mindset that like when God's really going to use us, that God's really going to use you when everything in your life just really gets okay. And you're going to kind of come to this place where you're not going to have these trials anymore anymore. And you're going to really be in the Spirit. And at that moment, God's going to use you. And so we keep waiting for this moment. We keep waiting for this life. But guys, God moves. And in the midst of God moving, you're walking through trials over here. You're seeing a miracle over here. But you're seeing this area where you're like, God, where are you in this? And God's moving in the midst of all of it. And it's life, it's walking, it's trials, it's knowing you're loved. But God's right there in the midst of it. And we've got to stop waiting for this imaginary place of it's going to be harvest when. Because harvest is now. It's here. And God wants to use you just like you are. With all the stuff in your life, he wants to use you right now. He's not waiting, saying, get all this figured out. Get it all done. Get it all fixed. Come through this season, and then you're going to have a harvest season. You're going to feel better about everything in your life. It's now. (coughs) So there's harvest now. And if Jesus were to walk into your neighborhood right now, what would happen? I was thinking about that this week. It's like, whatever Jesus would do in my neighborhood, what would happen? And why isn't it happening now? It made me go over and talk to my neighbor yesterday. (laughs) I offered to buy him lunch. Because I felt that's what Jesus would have done with him in the moment. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he may sow and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. And I said catch this verse for a moment, okay? I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored, paid a price, sweat, and I'm gonna let you in on it. Is that okay with you? Would you accept that deal today? Seth is taking it. This is a wise this is a wise young man over here. Who are his parents? <laughs> I sent you to reap that for which you've not labored. Jesus is saying to them another way that we disqualify ourselves is we think, well, I haven't sown enough. I, I gotta sow, I gotta keep sowing another ten years, and then I'll reap something. But Jesus is saying, look, uh, we, don't, we don't have time for that. <laughs> we don't have time for normal math and, and normal worldly patterns here. You think the harvest, you got to wait all this time. I'm telling you guys, it's right now. It's here, it's now. Someone else sowed, someone else prayed, someone else cried, someone else planted a seed, and you get to reap it. And you can reap it now, and you can step into what others have labored for. What an honor, what a good God, and what a privilege that we get to enter into the labors of others. And so we get out of the mindset of, well, I, I don't pray enough, I don't do this, and I don't do enough, I don't, so I don't do this, no, 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 someone else did it too. And so we get to enter into that, and now is about reaping even what you did not sow. And so there is incredible, that's what inheritance is. You get something that you just get it because somebody gives it to you and it launches you into a place that you never would have been apart from it. What years of your laboring could not have produced, someone says, you get this, I'm giving this to you from the labor of my life, you get to enter into this, here you go Reap a harvest. Recently, I got a letter from the seminary over here, and uh, they don't write me too often. Um, They they said, hey, we want to honor your dad. They said, we looked and we saw that he never received the Distinguished Alumni Award. And we want to bring you and your family up to Nashville, and we want to honor him up there at the Southern Baptist Convention. So uh, that's an awesome thing. So I was like, "Yeah," and I asked my mom, and, and she wanted to go. Uh, a lot of my family was able to come. We walked in the room there in Nashville. They found us. They grabbed me and my mom, and they took me to the they took us to the front table with the president of the seminary. They're like, "You guys are coming. You're coming to the front table," and and we went through this whole thing. They put up a video of my dad sharing the gospel and just different things that he did. And every single speaker that got up honored my dad. And they, and they honored us. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. In fact, it was, there's just so much happening now of restoration. The language of the president was, basically, he said, it's wrong that Roy Fish did not receive this award years ago. He said, if there's a distinguished alumni for this seminary, it's Roy Fish, and we want to correct that wrong. He said, it's always the right time to correct something that was wrong. And it was so, it not only was like a, an honoring of my dad, it was like redemption, a, a buying back. And so, they hand me the microphone, we're talking at the Southern Baptist, there. <laughs> They handed me the microphone. But see, the reason they handed me the microphone wasn't because of what I'd done. It's because of what my dad did. And because of what my dad sowed, they're bringing us up to Nashville and paying for us to come. So nine years after he's passed away, they're still honoring him. And I am reaping From what he sowed. But I want to say that there is inheritance for all of us, no matter what your parents were like. No matter what inheritance there is for you in the natural, Jesus has had people sowing so that you get to reap in this season. And you, by the way, are sowing some things that other people are going to reap in the future. And so it's an amazing thing that he's called us into. I want to close with this. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. For behold, I will do something new. When? By the way, it's really there in the Hebrew. I looked. It's not just a decoration. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I want us to share in communion together. If you would grab one of the communion packets there and let's stand. I want us to stand this morning. Normally, I do this ahead of time. Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Let's take the little cracker. And let's just hold it. The bread. Jesus, we thank you for the now of this moment that we remember what you did on the cross, that it makes you real now, that Holy Spirit is now, that the kingdom of God is now. I just want to declare the now of God over your life. I declare the now of God over you. That being filled with Holy Spirit is now. That the fire of God burning in your heart is now. That you being a move of God on the face of the earth is now. That you are the light of the world now. That fruit of Holy Spirit in you and through you is now the gifts of Holy Spirit on you and through you, is now. That reaping in your life is now. That knowing Jesus more deeply is now. That living in the wonder and the awe of who Jesus is and what He's going to do in this moment and this week is now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that we're not here to commemorate a dead God today. Thank you that we're not here to just commemorate a God who was, but a God who is. Jesus, we see you standing in front of us. We recognize even that you're in us, that we are seated with you right now in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, we want you as we take of this today to wash us of the thoughts that have kept us from you in the now. I just declare freedom from these, from religious expectations. I declare freedom from, well, I have to do this first. And I say, Jesus already did it for you. Jesus did it for you. Jesus fulfilled every expectation of God over your life perfectly there is only one name it is never by your works but it is completely by the finished work of Jesus on the cross the sprinkled blood of the Lamb thank you Jesus Jesus we thank you that your body is now your blood is now your resurrection is now That Holy Spirit filling us is now. That things breaking off of our minds and our hearts that have held us back is now. That new thought patterns is now. So Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, This is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Jesus, we thank you for the blood. Thank you for the power of the blood. The blood is so powerful right now, right now. Guys, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. Like demons cannot even look at the blood. They're terrified of the blood of Jesus. They're so, it's just so powerful, the blood. Jesus, we thank you for what the blood of bulls and goats could never do. Jesus, that your blood has done. We thank you for the perfect sacrifice that brings us into your now. Jesus, I thank you that your blood brings us into a new place of awe and wonder and amazement at who you are. That your blood brings us into places of greater and deeper intimacy than we've ever known. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that with your blood you purchase men from every tongue and tribe and people and nation. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for now. Let's just say that. Thank you for now. Thank you for now. Thank you, Jesus. He took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Take and drink. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Let's just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus, (laughs) thank you Lord, you are good, you are good. There may be someone in this room that you've never met Jesus in a personal way and I just want to say that right now that He died on the cross and He rose again for you so that you could be set free and so that you could have a relationship with God that only happens through Him, that He died and He rose again. So that you could have a relationship. And that relationship comes by faith. As you say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And I receive you as Lord in my life. And when we do that in faith, it's not words. But it's about that faith and believing in our hearts. You become a new creation. And I want to invite you right now, if you've never met him in a personal way, to do that online Right now to say, Jesus, I receive you. Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. And I thank you for it. I see the Lord touching some of you watching online right now. I see a, I see a woman who, who the Lord is healing a child who's had colic. It's been disrupting your family in, in a big time way. And right now, Jesus is with you now. And he is healing you and he is healing that child Right now, and we declare restoration of, of what's been stolen from you. And Lord, we thank you today for restoration of moments. Father, we thank you for restoring of prodigals in Jesus' name for miracles of redemption and restoration that are happening. And we bless you for it, God. And God, on this day, we want to bless our nation and we want to declare to the United States of America that Jesus is now that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we receive the move of God over our nation. And God, would you let our nation fulfill everything that you've called it to fulfill, that we not miss one ounce of our calling as a nation to shine brightly with your light, God. Let it be in Jesus' name. Amen.